Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Right now, it's sad that a tragedy brings us together on KSL Plus. I'm hurt and I'm so angry. In the wake of two horrific mass shootings in Texas and New York. So we still have mass shootings. This month has been horrific, as I'm sure we all know. A possible way forward. Any movement is good movement. In the ongoing debate... I don't think that's going to work in Utah. ...on guns. Even if these events happened across the United States, people in Salt Lake City care. I'm Matt Rascone, and this week, my conversations with a gun control advocate and a state legislator about a new bipartisan deal on gun safety in Washington. And what impact, if any, it and other measures would have on gun violence in the state. Over the weekend, 20 senators, including Mitt Romney and nine other Republicans, reached an agreement on gun safety legislation. Frankly, what made the difference this time was just how horrified millions of Americans have been. The proposal includes support for state crisis intervention orders. In other words, it provides resources and an incentive to states to create red flag gun laws that help ensure deadly weapons are kept out of the hands of individuals whom a court has determined to be a significant danger to themselves or others. It includes investment in children and family mental health services, protections for victims of domestic violence, funding for school-based mental health and supportive services, funding for school safety resources, telehealth investments, and an enhanced review process for people under 21 who want to buy a gun. So um, we, uh, I guess, initially were cautiously optimistic. I spoke um, to Nancy Halden about the plan. We're happy to see that uh, 10 Republican senators uh, waited across the aisle on this issue. That's new. She's the communications director at Gun Violence Prevention Center of Utah, a nonpartisan nonprofit with the mission of preventing gun violence through education and reasonable gun regulation. I will say that the gun lobby has had a stranglehold on the the Republican Party on the issue of gun violence prevention. And so, you know, we're glad to see uh, that things are are moving and that there's bipartisan discussion on this issue. Um, The caution comes from what they put forward. Uh, I mean, why did this bill come about? This bill came about because we had horrendous mass shootings, several of them in a row. And again, school children uh, were killed in a mass shooting. And so, 
you know, is, is this bill going to address that effectively? And I would say probably not. I think that we will continue to have mass shootings. I think that if we want to address the issue of mass shootings, we're going to have to address, address the issue of assault weapons. And we think that's reasonable. We think there ought to be age limits. We think there ought to be um, on assault weapons and on multi-capacity magazines. And we think until our lawmakers have the will to do that, these mass shootings are going to continue. It's something that's going to take all of us um, to, um, to address. These things shouldn't be happening, right? We have an abundance of resources. And I don't have the answers, and I don't know what direction to go. It's too often that we catch up too late. Those who gathered in this garden at Salt Lake Community College talked racism, mental health, and gun laws. And it's because we have very few mechanisms to hold policymakers accountable for their lack of action on gun violence in this country. But in the middle of many words, a school should always be a safe zone for a child. They offered one clear action. I can only help, help them heal from here. Healing is a long process. I can take the pain away. There's no way that losing your child can be without any suffering. But to these people, Catherine Massey, it started tonight with remembering and Geraldine Talley and honoring McKenna Lee Elrod, the lives that were cut short. People need to come together and know that we have each other and that we can stand in solidarity. And as they remembered, Arma Garcia, they hope the future may one day be different. Even if these events happened across the United States, People in Salt Lake City care. It sounds like you're saying this proposed legislation does not go far enough. It does not go far enough. There are many good aspects of it. Um, specifically for Utah, the two things that we were glad to see in there, uh, they are incentivizing, they're going to incentivize, they say they're going to incentivize, I should say, um, extreme risk protection order. And that is the law that we would most like to see passed here in Utah because it addresses our number one and two gun violence issues here in Utah, which are gun suicide and domestic violence homicide. So talk about that law. Yeah, so, um, you know, 19 states and the District of Columbia have this law now, have passed this law. Um, the gun lobby claims that there's no due process with this law. An extremist protection order can be brought forward by family or law enforcement, uh, or even in some states, uh, mental health professionals. And it uh, allows them to take a gun temporarily away from somebody who is a risk to themselves or others. And where suicide is concerned, what, what they find is that when you take the gun away and say somebody was concerned about you and wanted us to take this gun away for your safety, those people get help. And so it has been very, very successful in connecting people who otherwise, and as you know, with a gun and suicide, it's very successful. If, you, if you're suicidal and you have access to a gun in that moment, um, people die. This would leave those laws, those red flag gun laws, up to the states, from my understanding. It would. It would. Um, and uh, that's where we run into the, the wrinkle here in Utah. 
Um, we have tried to pass that law here in Utah because we do believe it would save so many lives. Uh, Representative Handy ran the bill three years in a row. Uh, the last year, um, he pulled it before the session even started. And the legislature, the Republicans in the legislature said, uh, and I quote, we have no appetite for this bill. Um, I, I don't know why. Uh, I guess that's a question for them. For people at the federal level to come together and work together on this um, is significant. That, that piece of it is significant. Um, what comes out of it and what actually gets put into law uh, remains to be seen, and, um, and that's where our caution is. Um, there are two other things that, that are worth mentioning about that bill. One is uh, the boyfriend loophole for domestic violence. And as I said, our number two um, gun violence issue here in Utah is domestic violence homicide. So that would have an impact here in Utah if they pass that at the federal level. It's, um, it extends the law for uh, taking guns away from domestic violence abusers to uh, boyfriends. But the other thing that, that is uh, disappointing about this bill is uh, over 90% of Americans want to see the background check loopholes closed. To gun owners and non-gun owners, that's just a no-brainer. Why would you let, why, why wouldn't everybody pass a background check um, before they buy a gun? And, um, and this bill falls short of that, and I can understand that. There's huge public support for that. Why not just close that background check loophole? Um, this one makes a stab at closing a little bit of it. Uh, why not just close it? Uh, since 2012, we've been trying to do that at the federal level after Sandy Hook. Uh, at the federal level, they tried to close the background check loophole, and um, and they haven't been able to do that. Why is that? Um, look, I am all for spending more money on mental health and suicide prevention. I, especially here in Utah, we have a terrible problem here, um, and we're way underfunded. But will that solve the gun violence issues around that? No, it will not. You can't just it. This, gun violence is a multi-pronged issue. It's not just one thing. Um, it's a lot of issues, multifaceted, and um, you've got to come at it from a lot of different angles. And um, I do think this bill falls short. Any movement is good movement. Uh, does it go far enough? No. Will it stop mass shootings? Sadly, no. Next, my conversation with Senator Todd Weiler, a Republican in the Utah Senate serving District 23. His take on the bipartisan proposal, its impact in Utah, and where he sees the conversation going in the state legislature. I don't see the Uvalde shooting or the Buffalo shooting as uh, a groundswell of support in the Utah legislature to completely change our gun laws in Utah. You know, I would, I would probably support some reasonable measures, um, but um, I, I don't expect um, that, that we're gonna have a, 
a wide swath of change in policy in gun legislation because ultimately most of these proposals are just punishing the 99.9% .9 of people who are abiding by the laws because of the small, very, very, very small amount of people who are, are not abiding by the laws. So, Is there room for, for more legislation in Utah? Well, there's always room for more legislation. I've, I, I sponsored a, um, I tried to work with the NRA on a red flag bill um, myself a couple of years ago, but I couldn't get, I couldn't get the support I needed to even get that uh, through a committee vote in the Senate. And so I'm not sure that that sentiment has changed. Um, but um, I think that um, as long as due, due process requirements are, are met, as long as there's a notice and, and a hearing, uh, I do think that families should have the ability to say, we have this relative who is mentally unstable right now and, and that they shouldn't have their guns. That's something that I would continue to support. I think people get worried that it'll be abused or that, or that, um, that there won't be due process, that, that uh, the person wouldn't have the right to show up and represent themselves and, and make their argument, or that maybe a jilted spouse or, or, or a jilted relative would use it you know, in an abusive way. And I guess you could say the same thing about our protective order process, that those can be abused, but we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Why should an 18-year-old have that gun? He and his son Kelly marched in this rally back in 2018 after the Parkland, Florida high school shootings. This year, Kelly isn't here because he was killed by a teenager who shot him at a South Jordan party last year. All-American boy. He was a starting middle linebacker, Jordan High, wrestled on the high school team. James says that teenager bought the gun legally. I don't want 18-year-olds running around with the type of guns, with the type of testosterone and, the, and out to prove something. Which is why he's here again. And this group promises to continue marching, hoping to get the attention of lawmakers for what they call common sense gun laws. No one's coming to take anyone's guns. That's what I hear all the time. That ain't going to happen. It's never going to happen. They're not going to come and take anyone's guns. I don't want my guns taken from me. And gun violence! Um, in terms of raising the, the age uh, to 21 to buy assault rifles, um, you know, the, the problem with that is California just did that and, and the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals um, just ruled last month in May of 2022 that that was unconstitutional. And I'm not sure how you have a country where you tell someone who's 18 that they have to register for the draft, but that they're not old enough to buy a weapon until they're 21. I, I think that that's problematic. Just a note on this part of the plan. The proposal does not include raising the age to buy a gun to 21. Rather, it adds a layer of scrutiny for people under 21 who want to buy a gun. That would involve reviewing juvenile and mental health records and checking with state databases and local law enforcement. I'm not sure that um, you know, an 18-year-old needs to be able to buy an assault rifle or assault weapon, but again, I think these are, these are arbitrary, slippery slopes, and when the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals says that that's illegal, I'm not sure that we should be voting on a law that, that may very well be unconstitutional. There is renewed hope for some in Washington after a group of bipartisan senators reached a deal on gun control. Senator Mitt Romney is among 10 Republicans supporting the measure. But what impact would it have on states like Utah? New specialist Matt Rascone is live. Well, I, I always like to see a bi bipartisan solutions proposed. I applaud 
um, Senator Romney and others who are trying to work on a difficult issue. This issue has the nation's attention. It should have the nation's attention right now. Um, I was surprised with what the deal doesn't include. It doesn't include a ban on assault rifles, which we, you know, we had 20 or 30 years ago, and uh, that didn't seem to solve the problem for the decade that it was in effect. Um, and I think it, it, you know, Congress is really good at throwing money at, at problems, but this is not a problem that I think money will necessarily fix. So I've, I've read about the concepts in this bipartisan solution. Of course, the legislation hasn't been drafted. The devil's always in the details. Uh, but ultimately, I think that this is a decision that, that is going to be decided by the states on a state-by-state -state level. And so I, I'm not sure... While I welcome those efforts, I think we should be having those discussions. I'm not sure that it's going to be a real game changer. Hmm. Um, and why do you say that? Well, because um, I, I, I think that um, I think it's nipping around the edges. And uh, the, we are a divided country on a lot of issues, including guns. I personally have been surprised, surprised in the legislature as I talk to my Democratic colleagues across the aisle, how many of the Democrat legislators in Utah are gun owners and, and even gun enthusiasts. And we live in a state with a lot of people that love their guns. And there are some people that would rather they all go away, but they're, they're, they're the vast minority. And so um, I think that any, um, any proposal that would restrict Second Amendment rights is going to be dealt with um, uh, very, very curtly. Uh, it w won't be warmly received at the Utah legislature. And, and I don't, I don't expect that's going to change uh, because of the recent shootings. Um, people talk about background checks. The Uvalde shooter passed a background check. People talk about red flag laws, which I'm not opposed to in concept as long as there's due process. The Buffalo shooter there's a there's a red flag law in New York, and that didn't stop him. And so, I think you know when when a tragedy happens, when children die, it was horrific. I think a lot of people are agreeing with the Matthew McConaughey you know uh, sentiment. You know, let's do something. Um, but I also think that the something that we do has to have a logical nexus. You know, would that have stopped? You know, would that prevent? future shootings. Well, I had a lady stop me at church last week and said, you know, I could use my car as a weapon and I have to get a license to drive my car. And I didn't want to argue with her in church. But the, the fact of the matter is, is, you know, the right to bear arms is expressly spelled out in the Constitution. That makes it different than a lot of things that we deal with in our society. I took an oath to uphold the state constitution and the federal constitution. So I think every, when it comes to gun rights, every proposal has to be viewed through a constitutional lens, is, you know, and, and I don't think it's my job as an elected official to tr start stripping away people's constitutional rights. And so while some of these proposals, you know, may sound pragmatic on paper, um, the question is, is would they stand, withstand court scrutiny? And raising the, the age to buy assault weapons in California, I mean, the legislature passed it and the courts already, have already struck it down. This uh, bipartisan deal has gotten a lot of praise, people talking about how significant it, it is because there hasn't been significant legislation when it comes to gun control in a long time. But correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you're saying that it, it, the potential for impact in a state like Utah, you just don't see it. No, I, I, I think that, well, A, I, I think that there should be bipartisan discussions because children dying in schools is not a Republican or Democratic issue. It's, it's, a, it's a cultural issue. Um, so I, I praise the efforts. But again, 
if the uh, we've had several attempts in Utah to pass red flag bills and they haven't passed. I what I'm saying is I don't think just offering the state some money to to, to pass that law. I don't think that that's going to push a lot of legislators to kind of change their their opinions or their beliefs about uh, about that proposal. And uh, you know so. And again, the legislation is not drafted. So right now we have you know some concepts that are being um, batted around, but I'm not sure what the legislation is actually going to say. Uh, anything I didn't ask you about this particular deal? Well, I, I just like want to, to say, I mean, as a parent and grandparent, my heart goes out to people who are concerned about the safety of their children in schools. Um, that's something that no one should have to worry about. Um, but we also have to make sure that any reaction that we make to that is not just a knee-jerk reaction that's not going to improve the, the situation. And, um, um, you know, when you have more guns in the state than you have people, I'm not sure that um, starting to restrict the, the sale of more weapons is going to solve a problem. Because, um, you know, a lot of people worry about if, if, if we move the pendulum too far, then all of the law-abiding people can't get guns and the criminals who aren't abiding by the laws will be the only ones that have them. And I don't think that that's an answer either. So, okay, okay. The last thing I'll say is, if there was an easy solution, I think we would have adopted it already. This is a very—it's um, a black and white issue to some people. People that love guns say it's in the Constitution. People that don't like guns say just ban them all. You know, uh, but it's—it's uh, it's a lot more nuanced than that. We're six months out from the next—I mean, yeah. the session. Is this even going to be? Is this going to have? faded away by then? I think some of the emotion and some of the um, will have faded. I, we've seen that with other issues. Um, uh, if we had our session, you know, uh, if Uvalde had happened right during the session, I think um, that would have been a different situation. But yeah, I think with everything going on in our country right now, uh, I think in February there, there will be other issues. There may be other issues on le- that are the top on legislators' minds uh, rather than uh, gun restrictions. Should this be a priority in the next session. Yeah, I think I think it will be a priority. I expect some bills will come forward. I'm just not sure how much support they would they will have. Um, the solutions I think are, are very complicated and, and difficult. They're, they're, it's not it's not just to do this one thing and then stop. So. I want to bring a measure to the floor for a vote as quickly as possible. This bipartisan framework has gotten a lot of praise. I'm proud to support the Senate's bipartisan gun safety proposal. This is a common sense step forward to protect our children, including our families and our rights. From Evan McMullen. years of gridlock and division, certain Democrats and Republicans are breaking with the extremes in their parties to get something done. An independent running for Senator Mike Lee's U.S. Senate seat. I do think that this is a sensible way forward for the federal government to support states as they find uh, uh, laws that work uh, within their own, uh, their own jurisdictions and that are constitutional uh, to help keep weapons out of the hands of the, of the violent. McMullen called on Senator Lee to get on board with the proposal. When it was announced over the weekend, Senator Lee tweeted, I will always stand on the side of the Second Amendment, law-abiding Americans, due process, and justice. Those who commit acts of rampage violence are criminals who must be stopped. I look forward to reviewing this legislation. The proposal has not been written up into legislation yet, but with 10 Republicans in the Senate supporting it, 
the bill would have enough votes to push through the Senate. President Biden has said he would sign it. That does it for us this week on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone. We'll see you again next week.